Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast. Short bowel syndrome is not a common thing to find in the intensive care unit. And the most likely context here is going to be receiving someone from the operating theatre who's had rather more bowel removed than one would like. There are some poor souls who, as a result of short bowel syndrome, are dependent on long-term parenteral nutrition, and they may also appear in ICU from time to time. And so a working knowledge of this would be somewhat useful. Neither life in the fast lane nor deranged physiology have an entry for this, which is much more reflective of its non-importance rather than a reflection on the comprehensiveness of the two resources named. So surgical causes of this are typically going to be surgery for things like Crohn's disease or ischemic bowel. The decision to resect enough bowel to put someone at risk of long-term parenteral nutrition is a huge interrupt decision and it's not taken lightly. However, it is frequently not one that can be made until the abdomen is opened and entered, especially in the emergent mesenteric ischemia situation. A useful definition of short bowel syndrome would be insufficient gut to maintain homeostasis and nutrition. Lengths are not particularly useful in predicting outcomes, but having less than 180 centimetres puts you at risk of this, and less than 100 centimetres means you're almost undoubtedly in trouble. Having some colon left behind is probably protective. The part of the small bowel removed will also have a, a different impact depending on which bit is taken away. So as revision, jejunal function, so the jejunum is approximately two-fifths of the small bowel, it does lots of nutrient absorption and lots of fluid resorption. Um, so the gut secretes about nine litres a day of fluids, so it's important to take most of that back. In terms of ileal function, and the ileum is the distal three-fifths of the small bowel, uh, it has vitamin B12 absorption, it's got bile acid absorption, and loss of the bile acids does seem to impair significantly on fat-soluble vitamin absorption. So if you find yourself caught in some bizarre hostage-like situation when someone asked you which bit of your small bowel you'd like removed, it would probably be best to say jejunum, as the ileum seems to be much more adaptable overall and it gives you a better chance of sufficient intestinal function in the long run. In the post-op period, what we'll be looking at will be the acute phase of small bowel syndrome, where there's generally significant fluid losses and lots of metabolic derangements, uh, and you might have a very high output ostomy of some kind or whatever is left behind. Management options for us in the ICU at this stage might include something like acid suppression, so a PPI or an H2 receptor antagonist, because gastric secretions are a major contributor to fluid losses, and typically there are more secretions than normal, and these can cause fluid loss and also impair pancreatic enzyme function. We want to give fluids to replace losses, and the answer, thankfully, here is what it always is. It should probably be some Hartmann's. Um, we may well need to give parenteral nutrition with a trial of enteral nutrition and, and the enteral nutrition is the best stimulant of intestinal adaptation and that's what we're going to need to establish a functional intestinal tract. The paramide can be used, though it's often not used in the ICU period. Octreotide um, is typically used when you're using more than 3 litres of IV fluid a day um, and ICU favourite drug clonidine can also apparently reduce stool output also, which was news to me. Uh, the references here, you can look, there's an up-to-date article in short bowel syndrome, but mainly this comes from the ESPIN Acute and Chronic Intestinal Failure Special Interest Groups Intestinal Failure in Adults recommendations from the ESPIN Expert Groups published in Clinical Nutrition in 2018. Thank you.